Hello, listeners. Yamina here. Welcome to the Dr. GPCR podcast. Before we dive into this episode, we have a few announcements to make. We are thrilled to announce that our ecosystem is growing and are delighted to count Domain Therapeutics, GPCR Therapeutics, Design Pharmaceuticals, and Montana Molecular as our ecosystem partners for the next year. Become an ecosystem member yourself and join our partners and your colleagues today. The ecosystem is your GPCR-focused virtual playground. Join over 600 of your peers who have already started exploring, connecting, and collaborating better. You can explore the ecosystem by signing up and getting a free site membership. For the next couple of weeks, once you sign up for the free account, you can watch the talks from the third edition of the Dr. GPCR Summit for free. When you're ready, you can also get a premium membership to unlock the ecosystem's full benefits. If you'd like to register your team or your company, or if you live in a developing country, please reach out to us by email or in the ecosystem, and we'll be happy to help you join us at an adapted premium membership fee. The list of benefits of the ecosystem is quite long. Today, we want to highlight that you can get direct access to our ecosystem partners, ask questions, and who knows, maybe find your next job directly in the ecosystem. We also have a job board. It's a GPCR-focused one where you can explore different opportunities. And if you're looking to hire, you can submit your own job description. Wondering what GBCR meeting to attend next? Well, check out our events page where we have curated the next GPCR meetings for you. In case you're organizing a meeting, fill out the event submission form and advertise your event in the ecosystem directly. Take advantage of everything that the new GPCR dedicated online playground has to offer today. Explore the possibilities by navigating the site using the direct links in the footer. The footer is your best friend. Check it out today at drgpcr.com. And now, let's dive into this episode. Hello, everyone. This is Yamina from Dr. GPCR, and today we are recording a very special podcast episode. I have with me two uh, wonderful people from our team at Dr. GPCR, and I'm going to go left and right. So on the left side of my screen, I have Ines Pinero, and on the right side of my screen, I have Monse Avila Sozoya, and I will let them introduce themselves, but just for the audience, we are doing this episode in order to introduce you to our team. Unfortunately, not everyone was able to make it, uh, but this is a behind the scenes as to who is working at, with Dr. GPCR and what are we doing behind the scenes. So with this, Monse, uh, Ines, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amina, for having so, us. So good to have you on. And this was in, in, in the works for a while now, so I'm excited that uh, we're able to do this. And so how about we start with a quick introduction from each of you, and we're going to go left to right. So Ines, you have the seniority and you're on my left side as well. So I'd like you to start <laughs> and then we can okay. move on to Monse. So hello, everyone. Uh, so thanks a lot, Yamina, for having us on board uh, in your podcast. Um, so we are very uh, fortunate to be part of the team. So just to present myself very briefly. So my I'm Ines, I'm originally from Portugal. I did my studies there uh, at the University of Porto. I'm a PharmaD by training, so I did pharmaceutical sciences there. Um, it was a six-year program. And, uh, and then I started my PhD um, three years ago uh, in Geneva. So I came to Switzerland to, to do my PhD in Oliver Artley's lab. So he was also a guest recently in the podcast. Um, 
and yeah, I joined the Dr. GPCR roughly one year and a half ago, or almost two actually. Um, and I'm part of the team, I'd say almost since the, the, the very beginning when this ecosystem idea started as well. So um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll dive into uh, how, uh, wh wh where I was involved in uh, since the beginning uh, later on, but this is, uh, this is my, my background and uh, uh, now I'm, I'm currently in Switzerland, uh, one year to go to finish my, my PhD thesis, yeah. Thank you, Ines. And yes, I think I think it's a year and a half. You're right. I think time flies, but you're the most yeah. senior uh, person on our team. And sometimes uh, I always say, I don't know, ask Ines, <laughs> because <laughs> you 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 know you you went through a lot of the changes that we went through. Monse, um, welcome. You're I think one of the most junior people on our team. I'm super <laughs> excited to have you on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, yes. Okay, well, uh, thank you so much again, Yaminda, for this opportunity. Um, I'm so happy to be part of this team. It's an amazing uh, project. And uh, well, my name is uh, Montserrat Avila Sosaya. Um, I like to go by Monse, <laughs> short. Um, and I studied uh, major chemistry and biology uh, at a small university around uh, near my hometown in Guerrero, Mexico. And uh, in the end, I moved to Mexico City to uh, study uh, for the master and the PhD in cell biology um, uh, at the institute called Simbestaf, uh, which is like a center of uh, research and advanced studies. Uh, in Mexico, and and well now um, I'm currently uh, uh, starting a postdoctoral position uh, in the lab of Dr. Uh, Benetia Sacariao at the Icahn School of Medicine at Monsanai. and yeah, so I have been here in New York uh, for two months, but um, I'm so excited for this uh, experience. is uh, challenging, exciting, um, and yeah, I think I joined to Dr. GPCR in the end of of June, of the beginning of July, I think. Uh huh. So, yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Monse. I think it was the time where you were defending your thesis when we got introduced, and yeah, and that's right. around that mm -hmm. time. But um, I'm I'm excited to have you on. I think, you know, you're both GPCR scientists. You have your expertise. And and in addition to working in the lab, one doing a PhD, the other one doing a postdoc, you still find some time to to help out at Dr. GPCR. Uh, but let me start at the beginning. When do you remember the first time you heard about Dr. GPCR? Um, one sec. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it was I think was in 2021. I was looking on YouTube some talks about GPCRs. And I found this uh, Dr. GPCR podcast with uh, Dr. Simon Promel in Ines Lecture. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I'm working uh, with, well, in that time I was working with addition GPCRs with latrophilins. Mm -hmm. So uh, I found this podcast and for me it was incredible because now the, every time when I read an article uh, of these uh, authors, and I, in my brain, I have a face, and I and I I feel more excited and more con more connected with the with the with the information with the article. So in that moment, I start uh, 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 being like a follower from your channel, and, and yeah, I think that was the first time when I hear about Dr. Gpcr. <laughs> awesome, thank you, Ines. 
Yeah, I guess it was towards the end of my first year because I wanted to learn a bit more about the field uh, because we, in my lab we are really focused on chemokine receptors. Uh, but at the end, we work on GPCRs, and for me, it was, was really a, an unknown world. And I wanted to explore, so I was just searching for podcasts. And I typed GPCR, and I gladly found Dr. GPCR. <laughs> so this is how I, I found it very randomly. Uh, out of curiosity, I, I wrote uh, GPCR in, uh, in, uh, on Spotify, yeah. <laughs> so this is what, how it was. That's amazing. I have another GPCR question for, for each of you. When do you remember the first time you heard about GPCRs in general and what got you excited about the topic? Yeah, this is Yeah, I can go. Yeah. Um, I, I guess when, well, I studied pharmaceutical sciences. So every time we talked about drugs targeting receptors, mm -hmm. we, we kind of touched a bit on G protein couple receptors and how they work. But I, I remember this class and it was very, I actually went back one day when in my PhD to see whether I've heard about this. So to make sure that uh, <laughs> that uh, we we at least we talk about it a bit in the in the degree uh, because thirty percent of the drugs we know that they target GPCRs. But for me, it was not like click GPCR. No, it was like a receptor. But then I, I dived into the slides because I still have in my drive everything, and from time to time I go there. And yes, we 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 talked about GPCRs uh, briefly, the signaling pathway. Um, so I would say this was the first time I yeah. I heard about GPCRs in um, in pharmacology one actually in my second year of my master. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was the same or similar for me in, in, in during the second year of the, the no in the first year of the master we have like different courses and uh, in the end of this year I remember we had like um, um, a class with all these um, scientific uh, from my uh, department and that was uh, when I met for the first time uh, Anthony and he, he gave us a, a talk about addition GPCRs so um, I was uh, really impressed about this uh, uh, complex receptors because as uh, you know they can uh, work like addition molecule but also like a GPCR and in that moment uh, everything was new like we didn't know about the structure about all these different functions in other tissues besides a nervous system uh, so I think that was the moment when I decided like I wanted to study or to know more uh, about this field GPCR field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And uh, for, for the audience, Anthony is Anthony Picard, uh, also, who was on the podcast. And um, mm -hmm. actually, thank, it's it's thanks to him that you and I got introduced. And I'm, I'm so glad yes. you were, you were sure. able to, to join the team. Um, you know, kind of mentioned, Monse, that you, you've heard this talk about adhesion GPCRs, and I guess that kind of determined which way to go. And that's why you ended up doing your PhD in, in Anthony's lab on mm -hmm. adhesion GPCRs. Ines, how did you pick your PhD lab? Yeah, for me, it was actually kind of random. So um, first I, I chose Switzerland, uh, either Switzerland or, or France mm -hmm. um, for personal reasons. Um, but then I thought Switzerland was a much more um, diverse uh, community here, uh, much more multi multicultural uh, as far as I knew from feedback from friends. 
And um, I knew about this program uh, when I finished my my master uh, thesis, and I connect with few people working in Geneva, um, and also Zurich and in um, Lausanne, um, just to see like wh- how, how's life there, how's the PhD, if they are happy or not, to really have like uh, an overview of what would be the the best choice, and also university. Um, and then the first um, PhD, um, uh, how do you call it, the PhD program um, that was open, like the coast, uh, it was Geneva. So I just applied mm-hmm. uh, and I had, uh, I was the one having more interviews as far as I know. So we had like during two days uh, interviews with the different labs with open positions. I had 12 interviews, so I was just running from lab to lab. <laughs> and uh, I had to make a choice and uh, we either have a match or not. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, in my paper, I had two PIs, Oliver Artley mm-hmm. and another PI from the Faculty of Sciences. And uh, finally, I could get a position in Oliver Artley's lab. So I was very attracted by the by the field, by the project itself. But I was completely diving into something that I never heard about uh, regarding the techniques that we, we, uh, we are uh, working on uh, in the lab. So everything was new to me, but I was attracted by the lab itself, the people, um, which which for me was essential, to be honest, not only the topic, but also um, the environment. Um, and I, yeah, I, I made the, the choice. And uh, and finally, uh, he, he also made his choice because he also had options, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was a fortunate, uh, um, yeah, fortunate decision, yeah. I think it's great and it's interesting is that I think this is important to highlight for for people listening is that you did 12 interviews and you saw so many people you know and then you had you made your pick and I think that's important when you pick your next job your next training environment and that's really important Mm -hmm. to to do that and you know obviously Oliver was on the podcast Oliver and I have this interesting um, like background story so we worked with my yeah. PhD advisor, which I didn't know until I talked to Oliver. And he said, you know what? He taught me to do HIV mm-hmm. work. And it was years later that I met my PhD supervisor. So we have this, this connection in common. And obviously, Oliver is such a wonderful person to, to talk to and, mm-hmm. and, and to work with, definitely. And I also believe I do have a publication in common with Oliver, which I didn't realize. Yeah. I mean, it did. Two or three, I think. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't, you yeah. know crystallize in my brain when it comes to that so it's it's a small yeah, yeah. small world Monse how did you pick your postdoc position and and your PhD as well I think uh, both are interesting to hear uh, about okay oh uh, well um after the master I took a break and I decided because I was a little uh, confused about if I wanted to stay still in the academia so I took a break from for two or three months mm-hmm. and <clears throat> but this time helps me to help me to to realize that I really enjoy being in the lab do experiments uh, um, uh, study about GPCR so I I decided that okay I'm going to do it um, and that and I told with Anthony and he uh, uh, he was open to 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 that uh, he was open to give me like um, a project and, and, and work with him in his lab. So um, I just started this journey in the, like a PhD student. And after uh, the PhD, well, um, 
uh, we 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 um, have this uh, this another uh, break, no break, but this. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. No, no, no. Please, uh, like you mean reflection time, trying to figure out what next. Yeah. And and then no, you know, I, uh, before you continue, I think that's important for people to realize as well is that sometimes, you know, you have to take the time to decide what next. Sometimes you don't know what next, and that is okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's true, but um, we we have this uh, time during the pandemic that yes. was so hard for me uh, to uh, finish the, the PhD, and and I all I I felt like I wasn't good enough, like I I had this uh, imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. and I it was a really hard time for me, like. To understand what I was doing in 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 science, yeah. if <laughs> yes, so um, after the pandemia, um, I I I realized like okay, I I just spent like almost five years of my life doing uh, <laughs> doing the PhD. Of course, I want to to accomplish this uh, goal because. In that moment, to uh, like a personal challenge, and I and I said, okay, yes, I'm going to do whatever I have to do because I'm but I'm going to finish uh, the PhD. So, in 2022, I um, in the beginning of 2022, I had like um, an accident in and and I yeah I broke my my finger of my right hand. <laughs> and I was writing the thesis <laughs> and the article because if I wanted to be um, graduate from the PhD, we need to to publish an article. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really uh, hard time for me. And and I was like, why? <laughs> why is happening this to me? And uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I decided to move uh, to my uh, parents' house, and my family helps me a lot. They were like my my support to 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 finish the PhD. My my mom um, uh, every morning she uh, have this uh, emotional uh, motival uh, talks like, okay, Monse, you 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 can do it. It's not impossible. Use your uh, left hand because I I I I couldn't move my right hand, so I just had one. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to spend all the day just writing with the left with the left hand and it was um, yeah it was was hard but at the end um, um I had all this support from Anthony to 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 finish um uh, the article and and um when I recovered the movement of my right hand um, I felt more comfortable, and I applied for the for the defense, and, and so in in that moment, with, when I uh, conclude this um, this uh, uh, final step of the PhD, when I get the title, um, I asked me, okay, I want to continue or I want to to work in another thing, and um, I start uh, using Twitter. And suddenly I just saw that there was many opportunities for postdoc positions. And I were, and, and, and I always uh, told that 
I couldn't be able to to be um, in a, to live in another country and to have this uh, chance to take a postdoctoral position in another country because uh, first thing the language, you know, like in my mind, like it's so difficult. Like in my mind was like, okay, I need to talk perfect, perfect. I need to be perfect to to take that risk or that. Um, or that um, challenge to to live in another country and 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 do science in another country because it's not just about the scientific uh, part it's about the cultural part and I feel in the, well in the past or before I felt of my accident I felt that um, I felt like I couldn't be able to do it but when I when I experience had this experience. Um, after the accident, I felt like I I shouldn't waste more time with my uh, afraid with my uh, yeah yes. I, I I shouldn't be afraid yeah. yes afraid about take a risk that I shouldn't be perfect to do it and it's fine uh, because with the time if I work hard. If I, have, if I have discipline, I could accomplish this goal. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to think a lot about this. I'm just going to try. And who knows? So, yeah, I start looking for opportunities in, 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 in different labs. Of course, uh, uh, for me, Anthony is, uh, yeah, is a, was a great mentor. So I talked with him about my uh, interest and, 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 sh and he gave me uh, a really constructive uh, feedback. He uh, pushed push me to, 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 to do it. And, um, and so I was looking like, okay, I, I want to work with GPCRs, but I know I don't have this strong background of pharmacology, for example, but I, I'm a cell biologist. So I was trying to look for opportunity to uh, uh, allows me to, to learn new techniques, new animal uh, models, because I have, I didn't, uh, in the past, I, have, I didn't have the opportunity to work with animals. So, okay, I want to learn this. And, uh, but also I want uh, something that allows me to uh, introduce or combine my, uh, uh, my uh, cell biology skills. And I found uh, this lab with Dr. Zakariao, uh, um, where uh, they study uh, different aspects of um, of, of um, pain and comorbidities, but with different uh, focus with GPCRs, uh, signal transductions, epigenetics, and yeah. So that is why that is how I uh, uh, pick this uh, position and came here to New York. Wow. Okay. So I, I need to unpackage this because I have goosebumps. You made a lot of very oh. critical <laughs> points. I'm, I'm serious. You, you made a lot of critical points that are, I think, very good lessons for, for trainees, whether you're going to do your postdoc or your PhD. And yes, imposter syndrome. I mean, let's just stop there for a second and say, who hasn't <laughs> felt that? 
You know, I someone someone asked me this. I don't know who it was recently. Like, do you feel like you have do you have imposter syndrome? Yes, everybody does. Uh, the only question is, how do you deal with that? And I think you made the great point of the support. It's important to have support, your family, your friends, and not isolate yourself. And you got that. Mm-hmm. And it's, by the way, I'm sorry that you broke your hand. But then again, it looks like it was a good thing in the end. <laughs> I'm kind of glad <laughs> that it happened. <Yes. laughs> you know, and, and the other thing I think that scientists in general and I'm trying not to generalize, but I'm trying to think about myself. And, and you just mentioned that is that we have this fixation in our heads that it, some before we go out to somewhere, the thing has to be perfect. And the answer to that mm-hmm. is that it's not true. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can have the best ideas in the world, but if you don't act on it and you don't start somewhere, nothing is ever going to happen. You know, and I think... Telling yourself, okay, right? And telling yourself, okay, I have this idea. This is about, you know, this this is the way I want to go. I know it's not perfect, but I still am going to try to do something about it is always better than not doing anything. And then telling yourself, oh, not yet, because it's not perfect. You know, and mm-hmm. and bringing it back to the ecosystem and to Dr. GPCR, we started, and I am a perfectionist as well. And I started out when we started the podcast, it was not perfect. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I feel like we've from from an organizational perspective, from a strategic perspective behind the scenes, we got to a point where now we have protocols for everything or almost everything, mm-hmm. but we didn't have that. So had we started in 2020 with, oh, let's in an ideal world, obviously you want to be strategic. You want to plan ahead five years and start with the protocol and start with that. But in reality, sometimes you just don't have the bandwidth to do the work and then to do the planning. So kudos seriously to you and just, you know, go ahead, do it, try it. And the worst thing that can happen is that you're going to learn what not to do or how not to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really, it's true. kudos. And you know, the language barrier, I do understand that. <laughs> and we talked about it offline as well. And I think that shouldn't stop you, Um, you know, from from going out there because it it is part of your personality it is you you get to learn obviously and mm-hmm. people when people talk to me about language barrier I'm like yeah English is not my first language I know it doesn't sound like it but it is not there's sometimes yes. words that, <laughs> there's sometimes words that just don't make sense to me in English because I just cannot associate them so that that's an additional thing but that shouldn't stop anyone from trying and and learning Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you you should not compete with others you should compete with the person Mm -hmm. that you were yesterday and then two weeks ago and as long as you're moving forward that's that's what matters yeah it's true yeah no please go ahead yeah uh, so um, yeah i'm just thinking about the language thing because the first month uh, I wanted to be outside because I felt like I couldn't express express myself, mm-hmm. and 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 of course I'm taking I, I'm taking English courses. I I took uh, English uh, classes in in the in the university in the school, but I don't know. It's maybe something uh, 
about my personality, but I felt overwhelmed and my brain wasn't working. And yeah, so the thing is, it's not, it's, it's better if you can speak well, <laughs> it's easier. But if not, I mean, as you said, your your dreams shouldn't be uh, stopped or, or you shouldn't stop your dreams because your English is not perfect. Yeah. No, agreed. And let me just say that you, you moved to New York. I mean, I think moving to New York is like this <laughs> big change. I went through similar things and I was dizzy for the first two weeks because there was just so much happening around. And don't get me wrong. I think it's it's my favorite city. It's the center of the world, but it's it's just <laughs> too much to take in. Yeah, definitely yes. too much. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. I felt that honestly. You know, the it's noise. Just, yeah, the noise is constant. It's like there's there's always something yeah. happening, and it's 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 New York mm -hmm. for sure. Ines, mm -hmm. what's your take around you know the language? Because I know you're from Portugal. You speak different languages. Mm -hmm. How was how was the adaptation for you? Just something, Monse. If you want to relax for a week, you can come to Geneva. Because it's the calmest city in Europe. All time. Okay, thank you so much. It's so calm here. Oh my I God. will. <laughs> you are invited officially. Um, sorry, once what was the question? I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, the language the barrier. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But once the podcast is published, the invitation is fully official. Then you cannot take it back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the language. Yeah. How did you deal with it? I think this is important for people to to hear about. You know, both your perspectives yeah. because your international mm -hmm. people yeah back in my master's uh, I actually wanted to I've had English classes as well um, and my parents they put me in um, in an English school for three years uh, during my um, when I was at high school um, but then um, I was really considering uh, during my master doing a PhD abroad And the uh, UK was one of my dreams, to be honest. And I went there to do my Erasmus. I found my own placement there. And I was very uh, happy there. Uh, I was very attracted by the, by the city, London. I was in London uh, back then. Um, and this is where I really improved my, my English skills, I would say, because it's really in your daily basis, the daily work, um, uh, when you, re you really just interact with English, uh, with na native speakers mm -hmm. that you get to... Yeah to 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 be like immersed in the language um so this is where i acquired more language skills let's say um then i came to geneva i mean this is the french speaking uh, part of switzerland i also had some french background three years um but i was very young when i was learning french so i mean i had to start from zero let's say um I, i i enrolled in some classes here to be honest but i just couldn't handle everything and i I quit, but now I can say that I can understand a lot. Um, I, I can drive a, a conversation quite easily, but it's not—it's not in my top list at being a, like a, an expert in in French. Uh, so, but you you have to adapt. I mean, um, and you have to make the effort. Uh, and I do make. I mean, when I'm when I go out and I go to a shop, I, I really try to to speak French. Uh, when when they feel I'm not getting the idea, they just switch <laughs> because here it's like so international that mm -hmm. everyone knows how to speak uh, English, um, even in the shop shops. And people nice. are very um, um, have this um, yeah this big know how and uh, in different languages in Switzerland. So 
Yeah. And French is easier. I mean, let's let's face it. No, French is harder than English to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's harder to write. Yeah. And it's, it's 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 a beautiful language. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, if, if you haven't been exposed mm-hmm. young enough, then it's, I think, difficult to pick up you know, when it comes to that. Yeah. And I guess Portuguese is very similar to French as well. So I can just make up some words sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> okay, you can think I just about put it. a little bit this? of accent, spicy. And... <laughs> yeah. Some splicing so, there of yeah. the words and then you're good to go. But I think you both made great points around, you know, putting yourself out there and going international and learning culturally, culture, to adapt culturally and learning to adapt to the language of the new new place but also keeping in mind that you want to add more to your scientific skills use the ones that you've acquired during your training and then take them abroad and and uh, learn new things i think it's really interesting and important to do once you mentioned animal models ines you mentioned never working on on chemokine receptors and not using the techniques that you're using right now and uh you know you you're you're becoming more experts at Every time you do something new, you become an expert at that thing because you have to mm-hmm. learn it. And then, you know, in in, in five years, um, you know, it's going to be something of the past. Either it's I, whether yeah. it's the language <laughs> or the technique, you're like, whatever, I did it. Um, and I guess being like in science, I feel like being an 80s speaker is a big advantage when you have to, to write a paper, for instance. But in your daily work, I mean... Your thoughts, even if they are now in Portuguese or Spanish, I mean, it's you are still, you know, um, thinking and troubleshooting by yourself, and then you make the action. And actually, the action is being the lab pipetting, and then you discuss sometimes, and you have yeah. some presentations. But you can actually practice that. But what is like very like inherent to someone native is like how to write the the message properly and. Uh, and this can make the difference, I feel. Uh, when I compare also my colleagues with the non-native uh, uh, principal investigators, this this makes a difference. And I just realized like uh, maybe one year ago that, um, yeah, so it's, it helps having. Uh, I think it does help. I think expert. experience helps with the scientific style. I think that being a native English speaker helps a lot when it comes to writing grammatically correctly. But I think the scientific style comes with experience and yes it's yeah, easier to, to learn a lot mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly the definitely definitely for there um all right so we talked about languages we talked about adaptability we talked about skills mm-hmm. um what motivated you to to reach out to me basically uh we kind of you sent me each an email i got introductions <laughs> but i want to know more about your experience as being part of the Dr. GPCR team. And we're going to tie that together with the skills that you're developing in your daily training and the soft skills that you can use later on. But let's start with how did, you know, you've heard about the podcast. You thought, hey, this is interesting. Um, Monse, why don't we start with you? (laughs) Okay. Um, Honestly, mm, the first time when I met you, it was in a cafe, GPCR cafe, I remember. Ah, yes. In 20... Yes, I remember, yeah. I don't know in what year, but I, I met you by Zoom. And you inspired me a lot. Like, wow, this... You, you are, you're amazing. Your vibe, your energy. And and I feel like, like a woman in science. I need to be next 
to women on science or from science. So that was the first thing like inspired me a lot. Like, okay, I'm going to know more about this person. I want to know more about what is she doing? Why? Uh, because for me, it's like insp inspirational, like, like a, like, um, like a role a model. Like one day I, I would like to be so confident and, and, and have this uh, amazing or positive attitude that you all, you all the time have. And so that was like one of the first things that um, um, motivated me to to reach out you. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, of course, uh, was um, GPCRs. Uh, I, because I I knew that this uh, platform that you 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 are building uh, will help me to still connect it and update about what is happening in GPCR's field. And of course, um, when I knew some of the activities, I will uh, contribute uh, uh, in this uh, project. Um, I knew that it could, with the time, it will help me to improve my writing skills, my reading skills. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I feel motivated about all these things and and also and the last one but not the, the less important the philosophy of the of the project like when i when i saw the 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 vision of the ecosystem gpcr dr gpcr that was to be part of this uh, this team that improves healthy and tr that is trying to be a, a better world or build a better world so it's really amazing, like, okay, maybe I could have this opportunity to be part of this amazing people that is working in this uh, incredible thing. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Again, goosebumps. You can't see them, but <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Ines. Yeah, I guess I, I share. Um, so half of my... Um, of my answer uh, mostly just just uh, just answer let's say because uh when i started listening to the podcast first i felt much more motivated in my project although all the other um, projects uh that are uh, mentioned in the in the podcast are not completely associated with mine i feel actually my project is completely um outside the box let's say which is good but it makes it even more difficult uh, to achieve you know this final goal but it really like my motivation really changed a lot, even if the project was still like uh, in this uh, plateau level, uh, not going up or going down, just plateau. Uh, I was motivated just by listening to the podcast. And um, then I felt at some point, listening so many of them, that you are starting to be a mentor for me. And I felt I wanted to connect with you uh, more. And, uh, uh, and this is how I... I ended up applying because I saw a position in the website, business development and scientific associate. And I felt, oh, so fancy. And I get to work with Yamina. So this is good. Uh, and I just, uh, I just applied. And I also, I'm very open to, to a career uh, outside academia, uh, as you know. So the more um, activities I'm involved in, the, the better. And I felt if I could connect science with the, with the work experience, it would, it was the best uh, the best marriage I could I could have mm. um, as a yeah as a part time job let's let's call it 
So, yeah, yeah but I found everything so inspirational for me and, uh, yeah, and all that the idea to connect with people that I've never seen uh, because I didn't have at the time opportunity to go to conferences because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, so I felt it was the, the best experience ever, like scientifically speaking uh, and personally as well. So, yeah, I guess it's the, the simple thanks. answer. <laughs> thanks for that. And, you know, Monty, you mentioned... Um the the being a woman um well aside from my husband and aside from from now another team member Nipuna who could not be here uh everyone who's ever worked with Dr. GPCR is female so we've had the first mm -hmm. year we started out and we had two interns uh Shivani Sajdev who helped a lot with the newsletter I mean she was the newsletter person for a very long time and then we had Jing Chong as well who uh, was finishing up, I think, a master's uh, in Australia. So we're pretty much of an inter, and in, in the majority of our team is international and is female, um, which I think is mm -hmm. also very important. Um, it wasn't by choice. We're very inclusive, mm -hmm. but it just happened that mm -hmm. anyone I contact, I I got to work with, was was a, a female scientist, which is great too. I mean, and if anyone's listening and wants to join in the team, we always need extra hands, um, which gets mm -hmm. me, before we tie into the soft skills, which gets me to ask you, like, if you can describe to the audience what are the type of activities that you do and if, if what do you learn from that? Because the, the goal with, with you helping out is really, one, helping out the community, but also allowing you to stay connected scientifically to the field and learn and broaden your knowledge. So, um, one sec. I will let you. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to kind of, um, you know, balance yeah. it out. And yeah, one yeah. of you is on the right, the other one is on the left. So, yeah, okay, it's fine. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, okay. Well, uh, we have like many different activities. Yeah. We, uh, we, we read articles. Um, uh, we uh, can write about what uh, we think about these uh, articles in or about our own perspective. Um, and I like that because we have the freedom. You, you gave us, you, you give us the freedom to express ourselves in a scientifically way. And, and I think this is important because when we are starting this career, we need to practice a lot. Uh, but also, like, be, um, the thing that we are, we are part of this uh, team, or I'm part of this team, um, makes me feel like, or makes me feel confident about what I am doing, because you are, or the, the team, like Inesh and Nipuna, you, help me to, to have this uh, feedback about what I'm doing. And if I'm doing a good job or not, so um, I think this is very important because when when you have these uh, insecurities, uh, do this uh, kind of exercise helps you to have more confidence about your job. And I think this is amazing. And other things I'm I'm learning uh, being part of uh, of. Dr. GPCR is uh, I'm more uh, organized person. <laughs> my skills 
are improving in that way because in um, I don't used to be to be like that, but uh, now like you have a protocol for every almost everything, and and now it's like okay, if I was Jamina, I should have these protocols and these <laughs> protocols. So now, I I feel like I I have more organization in my in my with my experiments in my in my routine and uh, this is uh, important because you don't waste so much time uh, <laughs> you have this task <laughs> so um yeah um what else i don't know I don't I know. Think, what do you think? I think I think, <laughs> I think I think you made you made great points there. Ines, I'm gonna let you answer and then I, I have a couple of things to add to the organizational part of this. Mm -hmm. Just work in progress. <laughs> yeah. Putting through a lot. I mean it's it's nice to see the change. Yeah, so at the very beginning I was involved in the in the new newsletter. Um so the collection of the monthly papers. Uh, I've also been involved um, heavily in the um, in the social media posts, so I've been working for that uh, for for a long time. Uh, then I switched, um, and uh, now we also we work together the team in the newsletter. But now because of the SOPs and uh, and another person who joined to do the the more uh, technical work, let's say, uh, now we are more focused on. Um, on categorizing the papers uh, each week, uh, and we also uh, write uh, for the for the WGPCR ecosystem. So both me and and Monse, we are writers, official writers in the ecosystem, where we are free to write about anything that we like, a paper, um, ideally, right? Uh, uh, and uh, basically, we 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 work on an abstract, um, a summary abstract of the of a paper that we enjoy uh, reading about. Or that is actually out of uh, our comfort zone. This is what I am actually doing more, uh, not really focusing on my own own uh, project, but actually going outside and see what's uh, what's out there and write about something that we are not so comfortable with. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess there was a big learning curve, um, and I'm very glad I was part of this uh, of this uh, uh, growth um, because I feel that now we are. A more established um, uh, project uh, association, whatever we want to call it, um, ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. And um, I feel being part of this progress and get to know like past members, new members, and get to interact and uh, and also share my 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 learnings right with them. It's also very uh, motivational and. Uh, and it's very nice to see more people joining, and uh, because a lot of people talk about Dr. GPCR, but then not a lot of people are willing to actually uh, to actually join or willing to know what's what's out there. And it's actually very nice this podcast because they know okay, there are also uh, there is a team working, and we are welcoming more people to join. Uh, and uh, I think this is where the future um, the future is. Um, comes into place. I mean, a bigger team working for for the same objective, and um, yeah, I feel I really developed a lot of skills um, now going to the skill set. Yeah. Um, I guess organization um, indeed. Um, it helped me to be more organized. Um, it was actually sometimes difficult to manage the time. I'm also working on a different time zone, uh, which can help sometimes and. At the times not not uh but i guess it really um 
drive so my interest for the field was really driven by by being involved in, in dr gbcr and um, every time now i go to a conference maybe i know the speaker because of dr gbcr or i know it's is or earth science because of dr gbcr and i feel uh, this gave me a lot both personally and uh, scientifically and it also gave me a, a great mentor and uh, yamina is uh, you <laughs> are are a great mentor for all of us and uh, yeah we are all very thankful for that i mean yeah thank you thank you and i think you you made mm -hmm. a great point about the organization and um following this episode is going to get rid my 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 own episode is going to get released and i'm i'm just going to mention uh, this uh, very briefly uh -huh. and um i think this year has been instrumental in getting these protocols in place and because now we're we're an efficient team or at least i hope that we're more efficient we're organized we have deadlines we have protocols and also using tools that allow us to communicate and making sure that you know everything is in order and also having having the ability you know the supports you know once you made a great point around you know honing on your writing skills, your scientific skills and writing these articles as a writer within the ecosystem is 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 a great way to practice uh, not mm -hmm. only writing scientifically but also from a language perspective and then you get to write about mm -hmm. anything GPCR related um, that fits in the ecosystem and that's very wide I want to say I didn't want it to be narrow mm -hmm. And you get to pick what what interests you. I think that that has been very important. But knowing that you guys can count on on each other, even some though sometimes I don't have the time to look over the articles, knowing that you guys can at least have other people to bounce off these, I think it's it's really uh, it's really important. Skill wise, um, Ines, you mentioned really. Um, some some of, of some of the skills. Monty, any additional skills you can think of that you learned? I know you haven't been with us as long as Ines, but what are some mm -hmm. of the skills that you learned in the past, I want to say six months? Um I think uh, other skills is uh, work work uh, like a team mm -hmm. because it's we sometimes we used to because it's easier work uh, in in an individual way, but be part of the team. It's challenge. It's a challenge because you have like a responsibility that affects the work of the others uh, members of the team. So Dr. GPCRs is helping me a lot to understand that role the role that I have in this team and the role that I have now in this new lab and even in my family or even um, in this new country, like we have a role in every space that we are. So Dr. GPCR is helping me to understand that and also to communicate with international people. You know, like um, I used, I don't, this is, did what, this was new for me when I start with you uh, because I haven't uh, exposed a lot to, uh, uh, of international people. Uh, I used to, 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 to go just with Anthony, who is from Canada and. Yeah. And, and he's so and approachable and so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so easy to work with Anthony. Yeah. He's great. It's, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. I know. It's, 
इस समय इसकी समय सीन सो is 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 has been a really amazing in this experience and i i think i i is i i know i just have like uh, three no how months six months working six, with all yeah. of you but yeah six but has been a uh, has been amazing i i think i i have grown a lot in in different ways um so what else i don't know <laughs> I think that that's that's something important to me as well is really knowing that you guys are learning. Uh you obviously know and you have been kind of using me as a resource and I'm always happy to help. Um you know, my only request has always been just tell me ahead of time so I can plan for it, but if you need any help at any time whether you're getting ready to submit a grant, whether you're getting ready to present something, or you know Ines uh, you and I worked on your i think 1 minute or 3 minutes presentation 3 minutes 3 minutes <laughs> yes. presentation for a phd and yeah. uh, so it was well. a context and 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 mm-hmm. i really love doing that i really enjoy working with all of you and i'm trying to make space in my head and build these protocols which is going to help dr gpcr move on to the next phases and and create you know space for that and i'm glad monsia you mentioned that you kind of learned from that as well telling yourself okay if there is a protocol for this i should have a protocol for that <laughs> um and i'm happy i'm happy it's it's paying off in in that sense mm-hmm. all right we're we're almost at time and i have one last uh question for you guys any ad- other advice for your peers from your experiences as international phd slash or postdoc uh in 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 the gpcr field and from your time at dr gpcr any advice for for someone who's thinking about starting a phd or moving abroad starting a a, a, a I was going to say podcast but even a podcast if you'd like to or a even podcast. a podcast <laughs> even a podcast <laughs> I actually got involved in a podcast uh, thanks to you as well yeah I mean here at the university uh, <laughs> I I saw that friends. I saw yeah. that yeah that's great oh, very exciting yeah nice <laughs> uh well um I don't know I think according with my experience in the last years I think like it's important do do or take the opportunity is that you 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 no like um try try uh, the things that you really want to do and and even if you are not like perfect but don't be afraid. try mm-hmm. don't be afraid uh-huh. just try it. and and you are, and if you don't accomplish that goal you you are not a loser because you get that experience lessons, even lessons you... learned <laughs> yes yeah, yeah lessons learned <laughs> <laughs> and i took we it start to somewhere. get like your quotes <laughs> lessons and it took so much more whatever <laughs> yeah i don't know where i took it from but i thought it was really interesting <laughs> that you don't say failure you just say lesson learned mm-hmm. which i think yeah. is way more positive than a failure yes 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 
So that could be like kind of advice, but <laughs> I no, I think I think it's great <laughs> advice. I think it's important, and I think things happen. I saw this cartoon. I think it was on Facebook where there were these two circles. One, what inside it said your comfort comfort zone, and the other side it says where the magic happens, and you have to get out of your comfort zone to get to mm-hmm. that place. Uh-huh. And that's scary. That's painful, but that's also very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ines, any other advice? Yeah, for me, I guess um, before before choosing to to do a PhD, I mean, make sure that um, you know what's what's the next step. Although it's difficult, but for me, I had this perspective in my mind what I wanted to do next and whether this would be a, a good choice. Um, so, I mean, if if you are driven by by science, academia, really choose a lab that that is successful and. Um, also with a good environment and a topic that you are really passionate about because if you want to do science you you might want to be expert on that topic and if you start early on is the best but then if you want to move and uh, and maybe you consider a career outside academia I guess you have to be wise and choose um, a great lab as well but with potential to collaborate with industry for instance and even with with other labs I would say this is very important and this is what drove me to, to Artlay's lab as well because we also have a biotech running in the lab. Uh, we have a, a lot of translational science going on. Um, but although I'm doing very basic uh, basic science, but I can still touch a bit on, on the bad side, let's say. And um, yeah, I think you have to be very, very wise in your decisions and try to draw your, your way early on. Um, yeah, because you always find a lot of young people doing the PhD, but also people already with a with a lot of um, a, a lot of uh, skills already gained throughout their career. Um, uh, older people with already two, three masters. I have friends who are doing their second, third masters, um, and um, yeah, at some point you have to to guide your way and um, to be to be wise in your decisions. But yeah. A, for someone who's doing the PhD, I guess the the best advice, I mean, never give up, but don't be afraid of giving up because sometimes you have to, you have to reach this go, no go decision and uh, you shouldn't be afraid to say no. Um, and um, it, it takes some time to be confident about your project and your ideas and your expertise to say no. And sometimes it's too late. <laughs> I realize that. But yeah, if you if you can do it early on, it's um, it's it, it, it can really drive things like forward and um, be surrounded by by nice people um, inside your lab and also outside. Um, Geneva, for example, is a very collaborative uh, uh, school, the PhD school, and I think you should also choose uh, uh, an university that will allow you to to collaborate with other labs and maybe have different mentors. Um, having more than one mentor is is always something very very uh, um, precious that you can that you can have doing your your PhD and this is uh, why I I'm here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And I think uh, if I want to kind of round it up and close it, I think both of your advice, like the advice that you both gave, is very important, and I think it's very valuable and kind of put it into perspective as to how to pick the next experience or how to plan ahead. For me, what works out really great is first of all, to develop protocols, get organized um, and and 
I want to say almost time everything down to the minute so that I know that there is a regular schedule that I need to follow. And then once that is done, I think that quiets down all the noises, all the pathways in my head and it allows me to say, okay, now I'm putting in two hours to do strategic planning for the next year. And that allows me, for example, to think about what are we doing next year? Are we doing an, another week of summit or are we doing, um, you know, five five mini summits around specific topics, which is kind of where, where we're leaning and what are the new programs that we're bringing forward with Dr. GPCR. But if we don't have protocols and I'm always playing catch up and not, none of you know what to do and what's the deadline and what does that look like, then I won't have the mental space to build mm -hmm. out the next year and the next even two to three years, uh, you know, strategically. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Actually, really. if I if just, I can, of course, please. if I can just say something, yeah, because it's just said to be strategic. I mean, for me, um, so being strategic is something that you can only be at some point during your PhD. Because I try to plan like yearly my my goals and it's just so di so difficult to 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 reach these goals and plan in a weekly basis but you reach a point i would say third year i'm i'm already starting my fourth yeah. but middle of third year at least at least it was for, for me that i could start planning um better like monthly what what i want to achieve what are my my objectives and if you can do that from the very beginning i mean you are brilliant and if you can do it uh, or or, it, or if you cannot, I mean, just make an effort because it will really drive things uh, forward and faster and you will be much more efficient. Um, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. But I think you make a great point about, you know, having that experience so that you can plan strategically and then, and we could be talking another hour about this, but about setting goals. So the goal would be, for example, one type of a goal would be to publish a paper in the first two years of your PhD. That's that's the goal. How are you going to mm -hmm. break down? What are the activities that you need to do? That's a tactical goal. But, you mm -hmm. know, or fin a, a, a strategic goal could be finish your PhD in four years with two papers. And then you can work back. But one interesting thing with the human brain is that when you know which what what's the end goal, you your brain tries to get you there. So you're, when you know what the end goal is, then you can um, help your brain build out that, that maneuvering between all those obstacles to get there. The, the trajectory might not be direct, but at least your brain knows, okay, I want to finish my PhD with two papers in, two, in four years, two years now, I wish. <laughs> but who knows? Sometimes it happens because you end up picking up another project, somebody else's project left, and then mm -hmm. it can happen quickly. But I think having those ideas, uh, you know, at least trying and adjusting just because you don't get it right the first time doesn't mean that you should quit trying to plan. Yeah. All right. And with this, I think we're going to stop here. Thank you, both of you, for coming. I really enjoyed our conversation, as we typically do during our monthly team meeting. But this was a special, special place for us to chat. And I hope the audience and trainees will like uh, what they were hearing. As always, anyone and everyone is welcome to send us an email if they want to join the team. We're very happy to, to talk to, to everyone from anywhere in the world. With this, both of you, I want to thank you for coming. I want to ask you not to go anywhere as I stop recording. But it was such a great pleasure mm -hmm. having you on. Thanks a lot. For thank you so much.
Thank you for listening to this Dr. GPCR podcast episode. We'd like to thank our guest and our Dr. GPCR team, namely Attila Forrest, Ines Pinero, Monsera Avila Zuzoya, and Nipuna Wirasingo. A huge thank you to our ecosystem partners for their support, Domain Therapeutics, GPCR Therapeutics, Design Pharmaceuticals, and Montana Molecular. You can connect with our partners directly in the ecosystem. You can also connect with our Dr. GPCR team directly in the ecosystem as well. Join us today. Also, please subscribe to the Dr. GPCR newsletter. Find us on YouTube. And if you like our podcast, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave us a testimonial at drgpcr.com slash testimonials. And another great way to support us is to share your favorite Dr. GPCR program with your network and colleagues. You can email us at any time with any questions or suggestions at hello at drgpcr.com. Until next time, stay safe.